Hey church, we just heard an incredible message that we believe is for you. So get ready to be encouraged, to be strengthened. This will change your life. We love you so much. All right, welcome to Shoreline City. You guys glad to be in church today? Welcome to every last one of you. A happy Father's Day to all of the dads as well. Let's give a huge round of applause. Can we have the dads stand too? Is that cool to have dads? Why, if you're a dad in here, why don't you stand up? If you're a dad, stand up. Yeah! Come on, dads. High five to all of you dads. You guys may be seated. If your kids didn't get you anything, that was their gift to you right there. A hand clap. <laughs> Hopefully they'll pay some bills. That's what we'd like for them to do. So glad all of you are here today. As I said, if you're here with us for the first time, we pray that you're feeling like you're with family and with people that genuinely care about you because we do. Uh, and if you are here for the first time, come on back. We want you to keep on being a part of this community. We're praying for you and asking for God to do great things in your heart and in your life. Uh, this past Thursday, we actually had sisterhood and it was phenomenal. This is the woman's ministry of our church. All the ladies got together for the first time. We had two sisterhoods because this room was filled to overflowing the month before. So we're trying to figure out a way to make sure every woman could be served and loved and cared for the way we would want them to. So we did two services, and both of those were amazing. Again, over a 1,000 women showed up on Thursday, and so many lives impacted, so much encouragement. So ladies, I want to encourage you you take the next step. If you were there at Sister, be involved in a connect group. Get connected in a, with some other ladies. If you have not yet gone to Welcome to Shoreline, take the next step. Join this church family and help us make it on earth as it is in heaven. God has some great things in store for you. Line, just so you, so you know, guys, we have not forgotten, forgotten about you either, okay? So we've got some Lyman connect groups that are phenomenal. We also have in August, we're going to have a huge men's event. I am so excited excited about it. We've got my friend Mekon Carter is going to be coming in to preach uh, for our men's event. It's going to be a fantastic time. But today, I have something really, really special. It was Father's Day, so I thought, what gift can I give to myself? I know a gift I'll give to myself, not standing up in front of everybody and having them look at me like I'm crazy as I'm pouring out my heart and my soul as I preach these messages. Kidding. That was not what I thought. I thought, hey, I want to go and I want to connect at Bishop Arts. And I, so I got to go over there uh, this morning, and it was so, so wonderful seeing the team. If you're here with us for the first time, we have uh, three campuses, one in Antigua, uh, one in Bishop Arts, and this one here at White Rock. And so I got to go over there this morning, and it was beautiful. It is just phenomenal to know we have these multiple houses, uh, multiple rooms in this one house called Shoreline City. Uh, but in order to do that, I had to ask some of our team here to preach. So I've asked two of our pastors to step up today, and the one that's sharing at this service, his name is Eric sewing. And a lot of you uh, may have had the chance to know him, but you need to know this. Eric and his wife, Gabby, their blood, sweat, and tears is in the fabric of this church, okay? They have prayed and worked and given and sown and prayed and worked and given and sown their very lives to help this church become what it is becoming. Now, of course, we know it's the grace of God. But anytime God wants to do something in the earth, he always calls on people every time. So if he wants to do something at your job, that's why he has you there. 
He wants to do something in the community. That's why he has you there. And when he wants to do something through a church family, he calls on men and women to say yes. And Eric and his wife, Gabby, are campus pastors at Bishop Arts. And I asked him to come and share today. He wore a crazy wild shirt for all of us too, so we would not be able to miss him. But what you won't be able to miss is his heart for God, his heart for you, and his heart to see our community transformed by the love of Jesus Christ. Eric Sowen, why don't you come on up here, Pastor Eric. And get ready to open up the scriptures. Thank you so much. Love you. Hey, I want to tell you guys this too. I, I want you to say amen. I want you to say that's good. Let's practice. Say amen. amen. Say that's good. That's good. I, it's hard to get up here in front of all of your, you know, people. It, it can be incredibly difficult. So make it easy on Eric. If you are here and you don't want to be, fake it right now. Start smiling. But for all the rest of us, let's make sure this man knows we Thank have his you. back a thousand times over. I'm proud of you, Eric, already. You so I love you Thank so you much. Thank you so much. Uh, man, I'm super excited to be here. This is an absolute honor. I mean, this is home for me. You know, like y'all are family, okay? I see all your smiles right now. This is my family smiling back at me. So I'm so honored to get to be here. Uh, for the record, my wife picked out this shirt, okay? And so um, as any good husband does, I wear the clothes that my wife sets out for me, okay? So... Um, Gabby, thank you so much, babe. I love you, okay? Thank you so much for this outfit. Um, I also want to welcome everyone who's going to be viewing online and our Bishop Arts team and our White Rock team. Let's give them a huge shout out to our online family. I'm super excited about today, and really, if you look around the room, you get to see all that God is doing. It's just, it's just a snapshot kind of what of God is doing in our church um, in Antigua and in Bishop Ars here at White Rock. Um, he's doing something so, so special. Whenever I say a statement like that, I'm actually not meaning um, a service, and I'm not meaning a building, and I'm not meaning fancy lights and a great band, even though we have a great, great, amazing band. What I'm actually meaning is that I'm meaning I'm, I'm seeing you. And I look around the room, and I see the diversity in this space, and I see the lives change in this room, and I see people who have went from one season of life to the next, and I know that God is doing exceedingly, abundantly, we could have ever thought or asked or imagined. When we make those statements, it's actually people that we're talking about. And maybe you're here today, and you're like, oh, man, you're right. He's doing more than I would have ever thought, because I would have never thought I would have spent my Sunday at church. But you're here. <laughs> And he's moving and he's working, okay? So I'm excited to see what God is doing. But before, uh, but with any great movement, there's always great leaders at the tip of the spear. And I want to take a moment to honor our pastors who, in all honesty, I believe. Yeah, give it up for our pastors. I, I, I say this with full conviction. I genuinely believe that they're influencers of our generation, I actually believe that their influence has implications that are going to go around the world. I actually believe that God has called them for such a time as this, and he's actually called us to help strengthen them and to push forward the vision as call, that God has called them to. But I genuinely believe that our entire generation, and I'm not just meaning in Dallas or in Antigua, I'm meaning global, is going to be better because of our pastors. And, um, you know, I think about Joseph in the Bible. You know, he was uh, way back in the Pharaoh and Egypt days in the Bible, okay, way back towards the beginning. And Joseph kind of came up on the scene for the Egyptians. And um, I don't think anybody in Egypt really knew who he was, okay? He kind of, he came up, and all of a sudden he came straight out of prison, and he was second in command in Egypt. And he was running everything only to answer to Pharaoh. And I bet the Egyptians many times thought, who is this, who's this Joseph guy? Who is this guy? But they didn't see that he was actually betrayed by his brothers. They didn't see the sacrifice that he was in prison for a while. They didn't see the process. And so many times people see the stage, 
But they don't, what you, what you don't see is you don't see the sacrifice. And I'm going to say with our pastors, the sacrifice that they have, uh, have led with and the heart that they have led with, you guys have said, um, said yes to the call of God and left everything to come here. And the church of Jesus Christ was actually birthed out of sacrifice. Jesus gave his life. But the church of Jesus Christ is continually built by sacrifices. And so, pastors, thank you so much for your sacrifice. I could literally go on and on, but I know we have some scripture we got to get into. But thank you so much. We have the best pastors, y'all. The best pastors. Okay, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. It's getting awkward. I'm going to stop. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Okay, today's Father's Day. Fathers, y'all happy to be here? Man, this is, okay, did, did y'all get your tie this morning, all right? That's like the gift all fathers get every year is a tie. No, okay, some of you did. Matter of fact, fathers, we have a gift outside for you in the lobby. We have a band, uh, a wristband that we want to give to you. Just, just a little, hey, we love you. We see you. We, we value you. You're so important to us. Well, but what is it that actually comes to your mind whenever you think about father? Whenever I say, hey, think about, think about father, Maybe you start to think about your dad and whenever you were a kid and he was probably super strong, right? And he would like take all three kids and he would like put them all on his forearm and he'd be like, kids, right? Pastor Earl's biceps, just Ugh. maybe that's what you think of, just big, strong dad. Or maybe uh, some crazy things that I think about whenever I, it comes to my dad is I remember as a kid, he was doing some work on the roof and he fell off. <laughs> and he got right back up. <laughs> I was like, ooh, you're strong. He's like, yeah, son, I got it. Don't worry, don't worry about me. I, you know he was like went and laid down and iced his back and his knees and his shoulders. But right there, man, he was just like the toughest guy in the world, right? I mean, like I remember my dad. I remember my dad coming to basketball practice, okay? He didn't come to many games, okay? But he made it to one of my practices, okay? He made it to one of my practices. The reason I say one is because it was so embarrassing because we were in practice, okay? And he was like, yeah. Yeah, son. Yeah. Get it. I remember I blocked my friend's lay and he was like, yeah, you block him. You block him. I'm like, dad, this is practice. Oh my gosh, this is embarrassing. I was in seventh grade, right? So seventh grade, all your parents can do is embarrass you. Okay. So like, I was just like, oh my gosh, dad, please don't come to practice anymore. But what comes to your mind whenever you think about father? Maybe, uh, maybe it could be a myriad of things, right? Maybe he's creative or expressive. Really, what's, most what's even more important than that, A.W. Tozer said, and our pastor quotes this many times, what comes to your mind whenever you think about God is the most important thing about you. Whenever you think about God the Father, what comes to your mind is actually the most important thing about you. Do you see him as happy and, or do you see him as sad? Do you see God as like a distant, far away God that's not really connected with your life? Or do you see him as someone who's like so intimate and involved in your day-to-day -day actions? What, what do you think of? What is it that comes to your mind whenever you're thinking about God? Now, we're going to go jump in some scripture here today, and we're going to talk about God being the heavenly father. And when I use the term father, I don't want you to think um, gender, okay? I want you to think principal, okay? So whenever I say father, it could also be mother, it could also be son, it could also be daughter, okay? We're talking more so about the principal here. And what we're going to do is we're actually going to jump in the scripture, and I pray that your heart and your mind is literally just ripped wide open with the love of God. Because I'm super excited about this, because we're going to actually see how did God the Father interact with Jesus the Son, are y'all ready to do this? Are y'all excited for this? Before, before we jump in, I want to give a quick shout out to all the moms who are actually also dads. Okay, let's give a huge, huge shout out to all the single moms. You're just curling all the kids yourself too. You're just doing everything. 
I grew up with a single mom for, uh, for a while, and I, can, I, can I just tell you, moms, we love you. Playing both roles, mom and dad. We're so, so thankful for you. But what the Bible has a lot of things to say about fathers, okay? Matter of fact, uh, the Bible says the word father 1,082 times. That's a lot, right? 1,082 times. Now, I did a little bit of a Google search, okay? I did a little bit of a Google because the first thing that you do whenever you need to know anything is you what? You jump on Google. I'm, maybe you use Yahoo. I don't know. There's probably four or five of you that use Bing. I don't know who really uses Bing, okay? But I jump, I jump on Google, and it was interesting because there was a list that came up of best and worst fathers in the Bible, okay? So I'm going to tell you, there were some really bad dads in the Bible, okay? There were some dads that actually gave up their kids, you know, they gave them, they gave them away for sacrifice. There was David, y'all know King David? King David actually had a son who ended up causing a civil war in the, in the, in the city and in the community. There were some dads who just really, really dropped the ball. But there were also some dads that did a really good job, okay? There was also Joseph. Y'all know Joseph, okay? Joseph um, was like the father. He was the father of Jesus, but he really wasn't the father of Jesus. Joseph was more like, uh, he'd be more like the surrogate father of Jesus, right? He didn't really give birth to Jesus, but he, but he was there and kind of raised him, okay? So you have Joseph, the surrogate father, who did a great job, okay? He, he didn't lose Jesus, okay? He, he helps, helped see out Jesus and making sure that he did everything he was called to do. Uh, there was another one of, um, I want to get, get his name right, Jonadab. Have y'all heard of Jonadab before? Has anybody heard of Jonadab before? I've never heard of Jonadab before either, okay? But if you read Jeremiah chapter 35, you can actually see how um, his influence on his kids actually had generational impact, right? There were times where literally they were tested, and the kids and the grandkids and the grandkids stood strong because of the words of Jonadab. So I just want to give a quick shout-out to all the dads who are doing an amazing job and nobody knows about it. Because there are a lot of amazing fathers that are out just kicking butt and taking names. They're just, you're doing great. You're doing great. Nobody even notices. And I just want to say thank you so much. We notice, okay? We got a wristband in the lobby out for you, okay? We love you. <laughs> but one of the things that it's really interesting about this generation is that you can Google anything, okay? So this, this next generation that's raising up, they actually don't need moms and dads to give them information the same way that uh, I did, you know, like I came up when the internet started, right? Okay, I, I, didn't, I didn't have it as a kid, right? But now this next generation that's coming up, they can Google whatever. What they need is they need fathers, and when I say fathers, I mean principal, right? They need mothers and fathers, they need mentors in their lives that are actually going to tell them, hey, this is what you do with that knowledge, hey, this is how you live your life according to that knowledge. What they need is they need individuals who are going to be in their life and going to be examples to them. This is what God is calling us to do. But we're going to jump into the scripture. We're going to jump in Matthew chapter 3, okay? We're going to read Matthew chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. We're also going to read Matthew chapter 17, verse 5. Matthew chapter 17, verse 5. What we're going to be doing is we're jumping in and we're getting to see a snapshot of what the conversation between what? God the Father and Jesus the Son looked like. There's only two times that this is recorded. Okay? Now, we know that conversation between God and Jesus was happening all the time. We knew that the Father and the Son were talking on a daily basis. But really, by the inspiration of the Scripture, we only get to see and hear what was actually being said twice. Okay? So I'm going to jump in with me. Let's jump into Matthew chapter 3, verse 16. It says, As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. 
at that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven, this being the voice of the Heavenly Father, said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. And we're going to jump into Matthew chapter 17, verse 5. It says, while this is Jesus, uh, this is Jesus again. It says, while he was still speaking, a bright cloud covered them. And a voice, being the voice of our Heavenly Father, said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. Can I just say, can I just point out something right here? In the first passage that we're jumping in here, this is actually Jesus' baptism, okay? Here is Jesus. He's actually coming on the scene, and this is a season of transition where he's actually coming from Jesus the carpenter to where now he's actually going to be Jesus the Messiah, walking on water, casting out demons, making blind eyes see, raising the dead Jesus. This is a moment of transition where Jesus is going from one season to the next. And I wonder what seasons of life are you transitioning right now? Are you going from graduation, you're a student, and now you're graduating, and now you gotta, you got to find a job? You got to pay some bills, right? Are you, going, are you going from employee to employer where you're going to actually launch your own company and be an entrepreneur? I wonder what seasons you're actually going through because here was God speaking over the sun. Before he had done a single thing, Jesus had only been carpenter Jesus. He had done no miracles at this point. And I want to say the same thing to you before you've done anything good. Before you were actually formed in the womb of your mother. It doesn't matter what you did last night. You could have been pop, drop it, and locking it last night. It doesn't matter what you were doing last night. Before all those things, before every single one of it, God was speaking over to you, over you the exact same words that he's speaking over his son in this moment. And what is he say? What is he saying in these moments? Before you did a thing, because many times... Many times you and I like to think we have to earn God's love. Many times do we think we have to clean ourselves up before God's love. Many times we think we got to get our wife to buy us a cool outfit before God will actually love us, right? We think all these hoops that we got to jump over, we got to jump around, we got we to do all these things. But this was before Jesus had done anything. God was speaking over him. This is my son. This is my son whom I love. And then, isn't this interesting? With him... I am well pleased. Before he had done a thing, God the Father was saying to his son, I'm well pleased. I'm happy with you. I'm delighted in you. And then here you see in, in chapter 17, Matthew chapter 17, okay, this is another really interesting, this is a life moment, okay? Life moment in Jesus' life, okay? And he's about to walk into the cross, and the whole narrative, if you read uh, Matthew chapter 17, and I believe it's the chapter before where Jesus actually starts to talk about his death. And he, it, it starts, like, it's like it's becoming more and more of a reality that, oh, snap. <laughs> I'm about to jump into a really difficult season. There's even, there, it even talks about later in Matthew, it talks about how Jesus was crying out, man, God, okay, God, hold on a second, God. If there can be any other way, God, if there can be any other way, can there be another way? Okay, God, nope, nope, your will be done, not my will be done. Jesus knew that he was about to walk into the most difficult season. Matter of fact, he was literally about to walk into a season of death, walking to the cross to give his life for you and I. And here is Jesus about to walk into the most difficult season of life. And what does the Father say over him again? The Father says... This is my son, 
whom I love. With him, I am well pleased. With him, I am well pleased. And I, I just want to point out that the two times that we hear this, we hear the exact same things from God. So that means this is probably important. So what I'm going to talk today about is I'm going to talk about three things that every son needs from a father. Three things, okay? When I say son and father, right, we all get a principle, okay? Three things that every son needs from a father. The first thing that the heavenly father said, this is my son. Every son needs acceptance. Every daughter needs acceptance. You and I, both of us right here, we need acceptance. We need to know that you belong that you actually have a place here, that you have an identity, okay? I'm going to tell you here, Shoreline City, Shoreline City Bishop Arts, Shoreline City Online, Shoreline City Antigua, no matter where you're at, I'm telling you, you belong here. Matter of fact, we actually prayed for you. Matter of fact, there are people that got here early to set the table for you to be here. You belong here. You belong here. This is my son. God was declaring over him. I'm telling you, just like, uh, just like certain families have a certain way of doing things, Shoreline City also, we got a certain way of doing things, right? You see it on the doors as you walk in that you're loved, you're valued, you're believed in. Here was the Heavenly Father saying, you are my son. You are my son. You're not just anybody and you're not just missed and I don't just not, I don't not see you. I actually notice you and you're my son. Okay, fellas, fellas in the house, do you remember the first time you were asked to carry a purse? (laughs) Yeah, y'all know exactly what I'm talking about. Okay, I think every guy remembers the first time he was asked to carry a purse. Okay, or maybe you all are cooler than me, but I remember this, okay? Um, (laughs) I, I, um, you know, whenever you're handed a purse as a guy, typically you don't carry a purse all the time, so you don't know what to do. You're like, what do I do? Do I put this on my shoulder? Uh, No, that doesn't feel right. Do I put it on my arm? No, that doesn't feel, do I put it on? It's got two straps. Do I put it on like a backpack? No, do I I walk it around like this? Do Do I hold it with two hands? Okay, I know what I'm going to do. I know what I'm, I'm going to hold it like this. Because <laughs> I'm going to let everybody know that this ain't, this is not my purse, y'all. Hey, I know we're at Dillard's or we're at Nordstrom's, wherever you are. Hey, hey y'all, this is not my purse, right? Uh, one time I actually set a purse down and kind of walked away from it, but I was just like far enough to where it was within eyesight, you know? Okay, it's an, it's an awkward moment, okay? Now I'm cool with it, okay? I'm, I'm good. I'll carry a purse. My wife tells me to carry a purse. I'm like, yes, ma'am. I'll carry your purse. I wear it now like a badge of honor just to show that I'm taken, okay? I'm taken, okay? But I remember, I remember the first time, okay, the first time that I was actually asked to carry a purse, it was by my dad. Y'all weren't ready for that one, were you? <laughs> you weren't ready. Yeah, neither was I. I uh, my, sister, my sister actually forgot her purse, okay? She forgot her purse at home. And so my dad and I had to go back to her apartment and pick up her purse, and she worked at Backrack. I don't know. Does anybody even remember Backrack? Okay, it's like, I think it's Express now. I don't know. I have no clue, but I know it's old school, okay? And so she worked at Backrack back in the day at the mall, and so my dad and I, we went and picked up, uh, we went and picked up her, her purse and we sat it in the passenger seat, and we zipped to the mall, and we get out of the car, and my dad says, hey, son, grab the purse. I was like uh, 11 or 12 years old, okay? Grab the purse. We were in the parking lot. I got the purse, and I went to hand it to him. He's like, no, man, no, no, you, you can carry the purse. And I'm like, I-, I hadn't hit puberty yet, okay? I was a late bloomer. Dad, no, come on, man. I don't want to carry the purse into the mall. 
<laughs> Dad, please don't make me carry the person to the mall. I don't want to carry. Why, son? Why don't you want to carry the person? No, what's the big deal? I don't see what's the big deal. Dad, what if somebody sees me? Right? I'm, I'm, I'm 11 years old, 12 years old, right? Like I'm going into manhood, okay? I got to show that I'm cool. What if someone sees me? There may be a girl that I walk by that checks me out and she sees me carrying her. I can't do that, Dad. I can't. Come on. And I'll never forget my dad said this, okay? My dad, he just gave me like this stank face look. Like, her? And he just looked at me and he was like, listen, son. As he takes the purse from me, he said, listen, son, don't ever let anybody else define who you are. I was like, Okay. <laughs> okay, dad, here you go. Here's the purse. <laughs> you can have that purse back, right? But this is actually what the heavenly father was actually saying over Jesus, okay? It was, it was my dad talking to me about a purse, but it's actually our heavenly father speaking over every single one of us that you are a son and nothing else should actually define who you are. You are a son and you are a daughter. And I know that many times we actually see social media and we think, oh, okay, I got to live like social media. Or we see magazines and we think, oh, I got I to gotta live like magazines. And can I tell you that you are a son and you are a daughter and it is enough. It doesn't, you don't need to be anything more than a son or a daughter. This is what our Heavenly Father actually says over you and what he says over me, that you are a son and a daughter and it is enough. So you don't need to be in shape to be in the in crew, okay? Matter of fact, round is a shape and you're just fine, okay? You don't need to be taller. You don't need to be shorter. You don't need to be smarter. You don't need to be more eloquent. You are a son and you are a daughter. You are a son and you are a daughter. This is what our Heavenly Father speaks over Jesus before he had ever done a single thing. He said, you're a son. You're my son. You're not just any son. There's a way we do things. There's a way we do things, and you are my son. You are my son. And then, then our father goes on to say, whom I love. Second thing every son needs to know from a father or needs to get from a father is affection. Every son needs affection. This is, so, this is so important. And I'm not talking about a skewed affection, and I know sometimes that can get twisted whenever it comes to affection, uh, but I want to point out that we all need, we all need affection. I'm just going to, just some real talk here for a little bit. We actually, we all need it. And it's not going to kill you to say, I love you to someone. I know it can be hard. I know, I know it can be super uncomfortable, okay? There have even been times where I've wrestled, okay, maybe I should stop saying I love you to everybody. Okay, no, 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 I'm not going to stop saying I love you to people, okay? Like, it's, it's three words. I promise you, it's going to be okay. You're not going to die. You're not going to disappear. You're not going to spontaneously combust. But we actually need it. Every son needs this from a father. They need to hear, I love you. I love you. Whom I love, you are my son. You are my daughter. Whom I love. This is so important. Matter of fact, psychology today, okay, I did a little bit of research. Hit up the Google. And uh, psychology today said, we all need human touch and loving affection at every single stage of life for healthy emotional and neuro neurobiological development. This isn't just for babies, okay? You can be 85 and you still need, I love you. I love you. Give them a hug, okay? An appropriate hug, okay? Not an inappropriate hug. Don't get weird, people. <laughs> but this is so important to who we are as individuals. We all need that love and affection. We all need it. And I just actually want to take a moment to really attack head on this loved piece. Because as Christine Kane shared 
um, just a couple weeks ago, one of the first things that the enemy actually did in the garden, okay, at, right after Adam and Eve sinned, what did they do? They went and they hid. They were just hiding. I don't know if they were crouching, but I'm going to crouch, okay? They're hiding. They cover themselves up, and God's like, what are you doing? And they're like, oh, we were naked, and we, we were ashamed, and we were afraid. And from the very beginning, what the enemy actually tried to do was put shame on people. And shame is the exact opposite. What shame actually does is it makes you feel, and it tricks you, and it cons you into believing that you're actually unworthy of love. And actually what shame will do is it actually tricks you into thinking that you're unworthy of belonging. And can I just, can I just karate chop that? Can I just like end that? Can I just get, like, can I kick that door down? Can I just say, can I just, can you just hear the words of your heavenly father echoing in your ears that you are my son and my daughter whom I love, whom I love, whom I love, whom I love, whom I love. I don't want you to walk in shame. I don't want you to walk in guilt. You're loved, you're loved, you're loved, you're loved, you're loved, you're loved. I just want to tear down that wall because it's a facade. It's not the reality, and we all have to fight against that in our brain, and it is a bit of a fight. I get it. It is a bit of a fight, okay? I get it. It's not always easy, but it's truth. And I don't want you to live your life based on emotion or false realities, but I want you to live your life based upon the truth, and this is what our Father speaks to us. The third, the third thing here, the third thing that every son needs from a father, the Heavenly Father said, you are my son whom I love, and whom I am well pleased. Every son needs affirmation. Every son needs affirmation. You're doing great. Just, it's that easy. You're doing great. I'm pleased in you. I'm happy. I, I take delight in you. I'm, a, I'm actually happy with you. I'm not mad at you. I'm happy. This is something that I actually think our church is really good at, you know, but I don't think our society is actually the best at this, you know. But we're, we need to be really, really good at saying, hey, great job. Oh, that's good. This is why it's so important. And this is why our pastor from the very beginning, he said, hey, even if he does a terrible, well, he didn't say even if he does a terrible job. But he said, no matter, what, no matter what Eric's saying up here, let's give him amens and let's cheer him all right. We all need that affirmation. It's just, it's just real talk, and it's so important that we need more. Hey, that's a great job. Hey, you did a great job. Oh, I like your shirt. Oh, you're awesome. Those shoes are cool. We all, we all need that. And here we see the heavenly father saying to his son, before he had done anything, and as he's about to walk into the most difficult season of life in transition of highs and lows, we see our heavenly father saying, I'm pleased in you. I'm happy with you. Great job. Keep going. You got it. Come on. Kick it. And I just want to say, hey, I just want to say, I just want to say, hey, hey, John, you're going to be a great dad. Hey, you guys are going to have a healthy marriage. Tony and Rachel, you guys are going to have a great and healthy marriage. I believe it. I'm going to keep on saying it over Hey, Jess, great job for writing your book. Write another book. Write five more books. Like, we need to be continually encouraging people, encouraging, speaking life. Ben, you did a great job on the drums. Ray, I see you on the piano with those white shoes. I see you rocking those white shoes. Keep rocking those white shoes. You're doing, we need, everybody needs that affirmation. Just call people out. Pastors, I see you literally changing the generation. Call, see what you see in people. Listen. This is what our Heavenly Father actually does. He actually sees things that are in our life, and He actually calls it, even if it's not there. And this is what we need to see in individuals as we're walking in the mall, and as we're walking in these doors, and as we're walking in with our families. Every father, every son needs to see from a father that I see something in you, and I'm literally going to pull it. Not only am I going to see these things in you, but I'm actually going to say what I see in you, and I'm going to pull it out of you. You're doing a great job. I don't care if you're 88. You are doing great. 
I didn't mean for that to rhyme, but it did. <laughs> because here's the reality. I want to say this. Here's the reality. People tend to become what the most important people in their life think they will become. It's Pastor Chris Hodgins. I didn't. That's not me. But it's true. People will come, become who the most important people in their life think they will become. We just need to be speaking. I see this in you. I'm calling it out. I see this in you. I'm calling it out. I see this in you. I'm calling it out. Speak life. Speak life. Speak life. Affirm. And I just want to say to you here today that literally I'm going to speak life over you. And that company that God is calling you to launch, you can totally do it. I'm going to declare over you that no weapon formed against you will prosper. I'm going to declare over that you can actually have a healthy and successful marriage. I'm going to declare over you that you literally can be an amazing dad. You can be a great father. You can be a great wife. You can be an amazing mom. You can do all these things. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. I believe it. I literally see it. And I know our Heavenly Father, listen, I'm just Eric, okay? I'm just Eric. But our Heavenly Father actually calls these things out on you. And if you don't believe that, I'm going to ask that you just change, change your way of thinking. Combat that. Kick down that wall. If you're hearing any other narrative in your mind, any other narrative in your heart other than the Father saying to you, you are my son. You're, you are my daughter. I'm actually well pleased in you. I actually think you're doing a great job. You, man, I, I love you so much. You know, you're actually a lot of fun. Like these are the things that I really think God actually says over us. And many times we, we think that we can, um, we think that our actions can actually dictate how God thinks and lives his life. And can I just remind you that he created not only you and I, but he actually created the universe. So you going to the club last night isn't knocking him off. Okay? You, you doing whatever you did this week isn't like making him un-God. It doesn't actually change the way he stands. Just like a father doesn't change the way they, that they stand in their son or daughter's life. Our Heavenly Father actually says the exact same things over you. He says that I love you. I love you. You are my son. You are my daughter. I'm actually well pleased. I'm super happy with you. You're awesome. You're going to kick butt. Matter of fact, I actually have you on this planet for this specific time and specific purpose. I actually put you here on purpose. I knew you in the womb. I formed you and I fashioned you. And I actually put you here in Dallas, Texas, in the seat that you're sitting in, wearing the outfit that you're sitting in on Father's Day 2018 because I have a purpose and I have a plan for you. I believe it. And you have to believe it. And we have to live our lives no matter what season. Just hearing the voice of our Heavenly Father. You are my son. I love you. I'm well pleased in you. If you can bow your Hey church, we just heard an incredible message that we believe is for you. So get ready to be encouraged, to be strengthened. This will change your life. We love you so much.